Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Right, I'm here today with Richard Enos, uh, who runs Common Knowledge Edinburgh. And as a little bit of an intro, I'm sure everybody watching has been aware, if not following the Kathleen Stock saga at Oxford, where there was a big protest against her and someone glued their hand to the floor. And all of the free speech commentariat are sort of flapping about um, how it's an attack on free speech. So Richard's going to be really interesting to talk to today because at the end of the day, Kathleen is allowed to speak and you can get her book and everyone's basically talking about her at the moment. Whereas Richard has been the victim of this censorship in the real world rather than just on the internet. Um, And you're not hearing about it. So great to have you here today, Richard. How are you doing, first of all? Yeah, thank you. Yep. Um, do you want to first of all tell people what you've been up to before what what's happened? What's what's been your goal in the since all this stuff kicked off? Okay. Well, I, I was involved in protests at the at the very beginning, and I had a probably naive uh, idea that you could uh, easily wake people up if you gave them facts, and uh, quickly uh, realised that that wasn't the case. Um, so I've been speaking at protests and we did the yellow boards and things like that <clears throat> but eventually you realize this is all very negative um it's always opposing what's being thrown at you and we want to be positive and we want to look to the future and what kind of a society do we want in the future so one way of going about that was to set up a, an organization in which we uh, intend to try and get out the essential information that people need to know about all the changes that are going on and so that they can negotiate those changes. And so we set up common knowledge. Uh, and the idea of this is that we have meetings every two weeks or so um, uh, in which which are free and anyone can come along to them. Uh, and we deal with topics like um, home education. So there's been people wanting to know how to home, home educate their children because they don't want their children in, not indo- indoctrinated in schools. Um, we've had things on sex education in schools. We've had things on uh, <clears throat> digital currency. Uh, we've had things on how to look after your health and all of these types of things. Uh, and we haven't shied away from controversial issues as well. We've had somebody who was uh, in Extinction Rebellion and has changed their views 180 degrees and they told us about you know how that how that happened uh and they could tell us about what extinction rebellion is like from the inside so it's those type of things but we um uh we have dealt with some controversial topics and that's what's led us um into trouble well what's interesting about that is Nobody would argue that Extinction Rebellion or Just Stop Oil are controversial, especially themselves. They they wouldn't claim that they're not controversial, apart from maybe saying, well, you know, this, this needs to happen. But that type of controversy is allowed. Like, you're allowed to talk about that type of controversy, not the controversy of saying, hey, it's all a farce. It's all funded by you know, these guys up the top, etc. That's really interesting, though. It's a really interesting range of stuff. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is that people come along and they say, oh, um, for two years, I thought I was the only one who was thinking this. And it's absolutely brilliant when you bring t- people together like that. And suddenly you can see all this uh, weight lifting from their shoulders. And they found people who 
are of like mind and uh, and that's great and we can get uh you know lots of people put a lot of effort into things because they're working together and they're working positively um and you know the aim is to get a, a community of people who um uphold truth and integrity and so on um and um and you know it's people come along every two weeks or so and they feel invigorated as a consequence of it so i think and also they learn at the same time and share experiences um we often learn in these talks more from question and answer sessions uh than we have from the talk itself yeah, that sounds absolutely right. That's very reminiscent of the things that I've I've been to. And I find that they sustain me for a couple of days afterwards. If I go to one of these uh, events where someone's giving a talk and I find a really good format for it, which everyone seems to be sticking to, is that you've basically got as long for the discussion as the initial talk. Yeah, um, exactly. And, it, and it's absolutely great. And it is really nice to be doing something communal that doesn't involve like the pub, basically, that doesn't involve drinking, because the old <laughs> world is kind yeah. of stuck on that. And, um, and I have found when there's when there's freedom types, and the focus is yeah, let's all meet up and get drunk. I don't feel like this anymore. So this, this all sounds like really, really productive stuff. First of all, how long have you been doing this? Uh, just over a year. Yeah, that's so great. We started in well, we started in April um twenty twenty two. Yeah, and, well, and obviously people get to know each other really well through yes. this. It's, yeah, yeah. Well, I I think uh, I know that we're here on Zoom, and I don't know you very well because I've only just met you. But uh, the most important thing is um face to face contact with people and developing trust with people, and uh, the other thing is. It's people from all different walks of life. And that's there's so few times when you actually meet people from all parts of society. Uh, but that's what you do here. And you can learn a heck of a lot and uh, realize how biased your view of the world was because you've only actually accessed information from a small section of that of that community in the past. So there are some positive things. Well, at this point, it all sounds great. It all sounds like you're already doing all the stuff that everyone's kind of been advocating for. I'm in complete agreement that the reactive thing, it's good that you ended that very, very quickly because there's people who are still stuck in this kind of cycle of of reacting to whatever the government's going to do next. And well, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's set up to... Um, uh drain you of all your energy uh and yeah i mean i could go on analyzing all the things that were wrong with the science but it doesn't get anywhere uh i i just accept that the science is wrong and uh, i see examples of that all the time but i'm not going to go into great detail about it because then um i want to do something positive um, that's that's i think that's a much better way of going about things in the future yeah that's right it's too tiring as well just yeah. cons- that stuff it's well i've i've been someone who was sort of covering the news on a daily basis i was doing that during the lockdown um and throughout 2021 and i would never recommend i don't want to go back there i would never recommend it to anyone it's not healthy to stay in the news cycle because you're reacting to whatever they're choosing to serve you anyway even if you're decoding it and you've got like the answers of what's really going on it's still so unhealthy because you're not choosing yourself what you're going to do yeah exactly 
exactly um, they're, they're choosing the agenda and also it just makes you feel depressed as well and i've heard so many people have they you go through this phase where you're manic about finding out about everything and then you realize no that's just um yeah just i'm just feeling awful as a consequence of that i want to do i want to do something positive and i want to be with people who um who make me feel good yeah so it all sounds good so far so far in the story everything's great you're you're building the kind of world that we want to see so you're one of the people that's out in front in this and that's great what happened next why is there a problem okay so the the place where we held our meetings is the uh, quaker meeting house and uh, there was a conscious decision why why would you choose to go to meet in the quaker meeting house well quakers um historically have been uh, a group that have been ostracized from society they refuse to um participate in war they refuse to swear oaths and that meant that they couldn't go to university um <clears throat> they couldn't participate in in many different things uh they had to um uh, <clears throat> found their own um economy in a way and they're, they're some of the, the great chocolate makers and people like that and quakers and and they looked after their uh their um work as well and uh so they have kind of a, a, a reputation for being opposing you know the, the narrative uh and living outside society so you would have thought i thought well you know quakers are a good kind of model for how you might form a society in the future that's in parallel so anyway we uh so we arranged to have our meetings at the Quaker Meeting House, and it soon became apparent that um, they were keeping an eye on us. And uh, I have an email here. The Quaker Meeting House Management Committee has become aware of the views of common knowledge expressed on its Twitter feed. Uh, <clears throat> uh, we are concerned that common knowledge may be presenting uncritically as the truth, the evidence has, that has been selected because it's aligned with the group's views. <clears throat> um they were they were concerned that uh, we weren't living up to the truth and integrity which is demanded of quakers and therefore they they didn't want us um they didn't they were they were worried about us so they they had imputed that uh, somehow we were spreading falsehoods and this was against the you know the principles of the quakers uh so that's, and they deduced that from looking at our Twitter feed. Uh, so they said, can we send a Quaker along to one of your meetings? And we said, yes, that's fine. Anyone's allowed to come along to the meeting. So a Quaker came along. The The talk happened to be about water and the way in which uh, water had been taken away from Scottish people, actually, and um, uh, to uh, corporations in England. Uh, and they were quite satisfied with that that wasn't controversial so nothing nothing further happened then uh we decided that we would have a talk which included two uh vaccine injured men uh giving their story and the talk was entitled silenced voices two vax injured tell their story and these are two scottish people um and they're actually quite uh well known now um john and yeah. Alex. I've, um, I've had both of them on my channel, so my right. Okay, uh, so you, you know, you know all about the, the very, very serious injuries that they that they had. Um, 
And the and it's uh, then we got an email that says the management committee has examined your publicity along with the common knowledge Twitter feed, which is consistent in its support for an anti-vaccine position. The publicity and your Twitter feed lead us to believe that there's a high risk that misleading information about vaccination may be shared at the meeting. Uh, <clears throat> we believe it's important not to spread falsehoods. Vaccination procedures are subject to thorough scientific evaluation and reduce the risk of infection in society. Uh, dot, 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 dot. Um, misleading falsehoods run counter to our belief in truth and integrity uh, in public affairs uh, and could cause harm to our society by leading, leading people to refuse vaccination for themselves or their families. Quakers cannot provide a forum for spreading such falsehoods. So they had um, imputed that we are, well, uh, anti-vaxxers, an anti-vaccination position, uh, and that uh, it was not right that um, these two men who had suffered life-changing um, uh, injury as a consequence of the vaccination, that they should not be given a platform to speak and tell us about that. Um, to me, that's absolutely shocking because, you know, the Quakers are nominally a Christian organization, though you don't have to be Christian to be a, a, a Quaker. And what they were doing here, there were some injured people and they were denying them the platform to tell people about what was going on. And they have been denied a platform by the mainstream media and they've also been ignored by the NHS uh, in particular, and many doctors. <clears throat> so they needed a platform. And in my reading of Christianity, one of the things that uh, is one of the things that we know about is everyone knows about parable of the, the Good Samaritan. And um, who is my neighbor? And if you're a Christian, you go and help the neighbor. But uh, in my view, in this case, the um, Quakers were passing by on the other side, uh, leaving those people with no platform. Uh, and yeah, I, um, that's their decision. They've come to that because they thought that we were anti-vaxxers. But um, <clears throat> I would question, um, I would question the morality of that personally. It's quite staggering at this point because there's a, I mean, I'm very interested in censorship as a broad topic and I'm aware that like certain organisations might struggle to um, book a room somewhere if they're honest about what they're doing. Um, but there's such an enormous difference between, let's say, Piers Corbyn three years ago warning what could happen if you take the vaccine and like if people want it, yeah. The word conspiracy theory, obviously we combat that, but it's a whole different kettle of fish when it's someone sat there missing a leg with the doctor's certificate who just wants yes. to tell people that this is what's going on. Yes, exactly. Well, we did we did manage to rearrange the meeting at another place and we heard their story and we heard about how they uh, also uh, been setting up the um, uh, organisation for the vaccine injured. And that's all really important information that people need to know about. Um, clearly they weren't anti-vaxxers themselves because they took the vaccine. Mm. So um, 
uh, I don't, you know, it's um, uh, the logic of this decision um, um, defeats me. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What's the incentive for this, especially at this point? Because we're in 2023, the rollout's done for. So I don't, I really don't understand this. It's strange when you see the misinformation argument coming like this from such a low level, frankly. You'd expect it from something that's connected to the state, but this yes. is expressly not connected to the state. Uh, yes. Um, uh, well, <clears throat> this, is the, this is the way that um, the propaganda has gone uh, and that anything which is called which is questioning is hesitancy um you know it's it's a bad thing it, it seems to be that anything to do with the vaccine is good and nothing against it is bad uh and the total lack of any kind of critical thinking here um that's yeah it's also well there's it may be associated with people's fear as well but uh, well that, yeah that was what i wanted to delve into do you have I, I guess we're two clear thinking people and the audience all is too and we'll we'll just assume everyone's on exactly the same page here this mind virus is uh, i i think it's just as terrifying as when we were in the thick of it because yeah. like I, i've met john and alex and you've met john and alex and yes. other people in the same boat and i'm very i'm very deep in this um because we could see it coming down the line and it blows my mind that it is the same people that are talking about this with with very few people sort of joining in from the um from the mass public there isn't this big dawning and people actually yeah. wanting to, wanting to frankly help us because at the moment what you're essentially doing and what i'm doing by doing interviews with these guys and trying to get the word out and doing whatever i can to help we're doing the work that charities should be doing yes Yes. So yet yeah, we're we're kind of perceived as I don't even know what we're perceived as when you get an email like that. Have you got any thoughts apart from anti-vaxxer? Because obviously we don't even believe in that word. No. Um uh, what are my thoughts about it? Um well I think there's a certain there's an incredible amount of arrogance there. Um that I uh, that we've been completely fooled uh, and that, you know, we can't think for ourselves and we need to be told what to think. Uh, I think that an incredible hubris um, uh, by a large section of the, of the, of the community um, who are willing to write off thinking people as idiots. Mm -hmm. And also the, there is a certain contempt uh, by especially people in the middle classes of anyone from the working classes who actually can think for themselves and and i think you know i th think that's that kind of thing comes out yeah i know that this this uh they call it the snobby liberal elite basically and the center of it is the bbc but there's these other circles around it including all the papers and all of that stuff where i guess it's people that wants to climb the ladder and want to um climb the hierarchy so they just quite frankly have a very different value system to us so it's quite hard yeah. to understand them because um truth is right at the front of ours whereas for them they claim that truth is at the front of theirs i'm not quite exactly. sure 
what what their alignment of truth would be because it seems to be in line with what the government or the bbc yeah yes yes exactly and if you're getting against that then it's untrue yeah Mm. so it's easy to it's easy for them to know what the truth is uh actually we invited them to have a um to come and meet us and come to one of our meetings and tell us how they had arrived at their truth um it's actually quite interesting in that i mean if you're a quaker you are you're supposed to be communicating communicating with god and finding out what is god's purpose and that's an individual thing and it's not a communal thing so it could be that quakers have actually quite very very different um attitudes towards vaccination uh yet this is a kind of party line of the quakers so uh, i mean that that to me seems very strange i did ask as i and somebody came one of them came along later on i'll talk about him later but um i i asked him before we had a uh, the talk i said um well, is it true that, you know, at a Quaker meeting, people stand up and say things which are kind of against the uh, <clears throat> the narrative? And he said, yes, they, yes, they do. Uh, but afterwards, we, we go and speak to them. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I, I, I want to know, like, I don't know much about the Quakers, so I'm learning a lot here. Um but are the people that are modern day Quakers, are they sort of like born into it generationally or have they discovered it? Well, many people can discover it. Maybe go in. Um, uh, there were Quakers in my wife's family. Um, so I've been to Quaker meeting um, and as a Quaker meeting, it's just a silence. Uh, when I went to anyway, it was completely silent and people are thinking and they're kind of communicating with God and Every so often, somebody will stand up and they will say something um, profound or maybe not so profound. But anyway, something revelation that they've had. And then they sit down and it's quiet again. And then somebody else stands up and says something. Uh, And there's no one in charge. It's um, I mean, uh, in many ways, it's it's quite an attractive kind of a a religion Uh, and in that it's your responsibility to find out what the truth is mm. and yet but, uh, the group think is still there and it yes. still suffers the same thing that any town council in the country seems to be suffering from which is this group yeah. which gives you the same results as whatever the tv is giving you yes um i mean we haven't of course we don't know what all the views of all quakers are we only got the view of the management committee of the people who run this particular um uh Quaker meeting house I well I think that's the repeated problem is the management committee of pretty much any organization because the uh, yeah because essentially yeah I was involved in the low-level music industry in Cardiff and South Wales um in the in the tens in the last decade and towards the end of that decade people started getting blacklisted by these little committees and they were also the same kind of people that were concerned about pronouns in your bio and and the people that have this impulse to censor they're they're looking for people to censor and what i noticed about this lot is that they wanted to be in the music industry or the music scene but they didn't play any instruments and they never formed a band and they never wrote any songs so 
What's yeah. going on here? These are people who've inserted themselves into something that they claim to be passionate about so that they can eradicate people from it. So they, they don't bring anything in. They they can't yeah. create, they only destroy. And I really, like, this is really comparable to the state of the church at the moment. I mean, I'm I'm... I'm not entirely sure where I am with my faith, other than I know I'm sure not an atheist. But yeah. looking at the church and sort of Justin Welby's pronouncements every few weeks, it's but and it's not just him. He he represents the guy at the top of this hierarchy, but all of the councils underneath it yeah. will be backing this nonsense up. And it's stuff that, frankly, if you care to read the Bible, is like antithetical. It's the antithesis of it. It is. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. The, uh, I mean, yeah, my, my own view is that, uh, yeah, uh, the morality of society has been dragged down in the last three years really seriously. And uh, people aren't, uh, strangely, people are not aware of that, but they've lost their morals. Um, they're, they're, they're complicit in, you know, silencing people who, ha who have... Um, um, vaccine injuries for instance yeah. and uh, they, they think that's okay well to me three years ago that wasn't okay but it is okay now uh, it's utterly bizarre and when I look at like I mean Alex is is actually a, a real gentleman he always dresses to impress and he's incredibly he's incredibly polite whereas John is more likely to get loud and swear and my position is like, I don't think there should be any limit on how loud these guys get and how much they swear yeah. and how much they um, make a scene and make a fuss. There's no limit on this. I don't think anyone should have the right to say, oh, you went about that the wrong way or you couldn't you have phrased that a bit better when we're dealing with something so serious. Yeah, but uh, at, the, at the talk that they gave, they were incredibly measured. Hmm. Um, and they just tell just told you they took you into what it was like to be in their situation, and uh, it was very moving. Um, and I, there was hardly and uh, there was hardly a swear word in what they said. Hmm. They, um, very I, really really impressive. Yeah, yeah no, I'm I'm just talking about more generally because I I am yeah i'm still seething about this and that feeling is sort of dissipating as like you know we're in summer now and we're not blast i just avoid the news in general so i'm not really thinking about it that often but i feel like that's a danger as well and like i can't i can't forget the the crime against humanity and i have no idea how many victims there are throughout the country we we won't know until until basically the population knows about people like John and Alex, so they can check whether they're in the same boat or all their yeah. family. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I don't know from personal experience, I, I, the, the damage is really pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, anecdotally, I'm still, I'm hearing stories left, right and center now. Yes. Yeah. On a personal level, it seems to go in waves and I'll hear from other people that they've, they're connected to sort of five people that have dropped down dead. And I'm and I'm thinking, oh, I I guess I'm lucky or not connected to very many people. But it's it started up again recently. I'm hearing it left, right, and center. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess we have to we have to hear the news from time to time in order to rouse ourselves um and get angry again. Uh but yeah, that shouldn't 
overwhelm us. <laughs> yeah. Can you can you take me through some of those talks that you'd hosted again, like some of the topics? Okay, so we had one on uh, um, homeschooling, and then we had one on uh, actually gender, the you know the gender identity uh, agenda. Uh, and at that time, we were so low pri- profile that there was nothing happened about that. Then we had some uh, regenerative um, farming. Uh, uh, then we've had one on looking after your own health, uh, which was really excellent. Um, we've had one on Bitcoin. Um, we've had uh, uh, what other talks have we had? Um, uh, we had one on trauma as a consequence of um, the COVID propaganda. Oh, fantastic! Uh, and uh, you know, by given by somebody who who um who deals with people who are suffering from that at the moment. Um, sorry, can I delve into that one for a minute? Do you mean people that were so taken in by it that they were basically quite seriously damaged by the fear? Yes, yes, yes. They've been damaged by the fear. You know, I mean, I mean, I've heard about one person who used to be a hill walker in Aberdeen. And they didn't leave their house for two years. They were so scared. Um, and there are, there are other you know people who are really damaged, not as, as serious as, as that, but um, yeah, they're they're really mentally they're they've really been seriously mentally damaged, uh, and it continues. Um, yeah. and they need counselling and things. Uh, I mean, when it comes to the the vaccine injured and stuff, I feel like every single person that uh, belittles this, every last one of them on Twitter that uses this uh, anti-vaxxers is adding to that trauma. They're re-traumatizing them, particularly like widows and stuff. It's 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 brutal what's yeah, going it's... on there. But I, I think that's a part of it, this resistance that you're getting from the from the council that say that no one's allowed to speak unless it's their truth. Um, it must be because there's also no acknowledgement that this, this was a great trauma that affected everybody, no matter whether you got injured or you saw through it or whatever, the government locked you in your house for 18 months and said, you couldn't see your family and you're going to, and I, and I think people are still walking around with that lie, basically unprocessed. Yes, they are. Whereas yeah, they we, are. They haven't come to terms with it at all. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and are they thinking back to the time when they went into the pub with the mask on? They sat down, took the mask off, uh, and then when they went to the loo, they put the mask back on. H- how can they? How can they not remember that? I think they're trying to block that out. You know that that was a oh well, it was you know it was a, that was a phase. Or we, uh, but uh, it's a lot of baggage to carry around with you. Um, it must be a trauma response to the abuse, and it and it must be because it, it it is a Stockholm syndrome response. Is to go well, it had to be for our own good. They wouldn't do this unless it was absolutely necessary. They love us really, and I think yeah. it is the same reaction that you will find when a woman who's a victim of a sustained pattern of domestic abuse keeps running back to the partner the same person yeah i know yeah it is yeah yeah so yeah so you, you've, you've had people talking about this then yes yes a counselor um somebody who uh, does that professionally as a counselor and uh there's a group of other who she works with and and uh yeah yeah they all have similar lot of clients mm. um dealing with these problems yeah 
And so these people, I suppose these are people that were taken in by it that now understand that they didn't need to be. Yeah, I'm... Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think there's lots of different ways in which people responded to it. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah. So there are some people who still believe that there's a really deadly virus out there and you can see them walking around and um, shying away from you and with their, with their masks on. Um, you know, it's a small proportion, but they're, they're still there. Have you done, you've done virology then? You've had your view of virology blown wide apart in the last three years, I presume? um well <clears throat> oh, the old germ versus terrain theory debacle well i guess I, I you know i um my 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 son i used to work on tree diseases so um i i i think of disease i uh, 50 50 of all organisms are parasites and we don't we don't go down with disease all the time and uh, there's a whole load of other organisms out there. So, you know, I believe that there are, uh, so I used to work on fungi. There are some fungi which are parasites and there are others which um, live within organisms, trees, and they compete against those parasites. And they're one of the things that keeps, uh, make, make sure that we, we don't, they don't go down with disease all the time because there's, it, it, there's a whole ecology there of, of organisms some of which are parasites, but they're not much good at competing against things which aren't parasites. And then you've got the organisms themselves, such as humans, who also have all their defense systems as well. So um, my view is that if you've got, if organisms haven't got their defense systems working well, they're in poor condition, they're going to go down with those diseases. If they have their other organisms eliminated, uh, which normally compete with their pathogens, then you're going to go down with diseases. But I do believe I do believe in pathogens, uh, and that they're the causes of diseases. But uh, just because they're there doesn't mean you have disease. You can have those those things there, but uh, the circumstances are what determine whether or not you get diseases or not. Interesting. Yeah, I heard the phrase dosage is poison quite young. I think I was like 20 or 21 when I started looking into, I guess, Eastern medicine. Not that seriously, but um, but at least gave me a good groundwork for thinking about like breathing as a pillar of health and these things that just aren't really covered. Yeah. Um, well, in, in terms of the terrain versus germ theory, I, I don't think uh, I never believe in in science that there are those those are two ends of a spectrum and this the the truth lies in between both are important and, yeah um, and uh, I, I think this is one of those things that's been probably hyped in order to try and disrupt the um freedom movement well i think in a in a proper fair and just world and even in the world we're building for ourselves right now we should have seen a decently moderated germ versus terrain debate by this point. Even I'm talking to the freedom movement directly. Um, I can't be bothered to set this up, but if people did know the right people too, we should really have hosted that by now. We should thought? have done. I know, I know. Um, I know. But people, yeah, again, people take extreme views. <laughs> it's uh, To me, that's a silly thing to do because there's obviously truth in both of them. And uh, what we need is a you know properly integrated understanding, and my uh, my 
I, I come from the point of view of um, ecology. All of these things are organisms. There's an ecology there. And if we understand the ecology of parasites, then um, then we'll understand about disease. Yeah, I mean, the word holistic, I think like people have a negative connotation for it. But so my mum's been ill recently and all of her, I ask her how she's doing. And all the progress is sort of charted based on a visit to the doctor and a course of antibiotics and and these symptoms. And my view of health has just like utterly changed. It's yeah. kind of like, well, what what were you doing the day before? Who did you see? How did they make you feel? Um, and so she's coughing a lot. And I'm like, you need to stop telling me everything because you tell me these stories and you start coughing and spluttering. And she you know, the doctor said it's this. And I'm like, this is common sense. This is common yeah. sense. You're coughing all the time. Stop talking. Um, and, and that's how my whole view of health works now. It's like I'm terrified to go to an authority figure. I'm terrified to go to somebody else to tell me yeah. what's wrong with this thing yeah. that like I'm the one feeling pain. And I've also been to doctors before where and every story I've heard from the vaccine injured has been the same, that they completely diminish your level of pain they say that it's all in your head and it's psychosomatic yeah. and kind of stuff and they tell you not to trust yourself which is quite mm. crazy really yeah well that was one of our talks was about taking control of your health and that was a really excellent talk and actually helped me as well so um uh you know <clears throat> you're the one who looks should be looking after your own health you don't leave it to a doctor you don't yeah there's there's too many things that we're leaving to other people at the moment uh and that's wrong <clears throat> we've got to do it ourselves yeah i mean your portal common knowledge because there's a website as well with articles and stuff like the the whole point of it is to is to pool this yeah. isn't it is yeah. to, like, um so you invite people in who are actual experts instead of designated experts and then people will make up their own minds through that but generally it's yeah. You, I mean, yeah, well, I, I'm a scientist, so I don't believe anything. Um, and um, uh, I try, I, I mean, I was, always try to, to tell students that that's, that should be the case. If you believe something, you're not a scientist. Um, <clears throat> so you you should keep an open mind on, on, on everything. And you, you should even consider that you might be wrong. Um, <clears throat> and, um, uh, and that's the only way to make any progress. Um, and you know you only make progress in science when you prove that something is wrong mm. if you if you proved that everything that you knew was right then you wouldn't make any progress in science it's useless um it's no you don't get anywhere so um that you know to me that's sort of the, really the most important thing is question everything uh and actually have the humility to think oh well actually i'm probably wrong about that mm. uh, hard hard to do but well, I mean, my background is all in the complete other end of the spectrum, which is like philosophy. I did a philosophy degree and the arts, so music and stuff where, you know, in both of those fields, you can do whatever you want and you'll find somebody that says it's brilliant and somebody that says it's awful. So it's kind of the exact opposite of science. But as someone that spent their life in in the science world and living according to these principles, you got any idea what's happened and what's gone so wrong? Uh, 
I, I guess I have. I guess I have some idea. Over the last um, twenty years, possibly, uh, there's been a, a, uh, an attempt to to massage scientists' egos. <clears throat> so uh, there, there have been. You know, if you if you publish a paper, then there's lots of uh, <clears throat> lots of things out there which will try and say, well, you you want to get better known. Um, this is a way of getting your paper better known, and it will be read by more people. And uh, and this is your score. And these are you know that you're doing really well against all these other people. Francis egos, so that. They're they're in it for a career in which they want to rise to the top in science, and um, uh, it's not about finding out anything more about new about the world. It's about being the kind of the top person. Mm. So that's that's one of the things. Uh, other things are projects that people are involved in have got more and more costly, and how do you get the money? to run those costly projects well you have to go to the big foundations who are the big foundations welcome um and uh bill gates uh bill and melinda gates uh, foundation uh and uh <clears throat> what are you going to work on well you're going to work on those things which they provide you with money for so <clears throat> and it's very easy to um lead a, a scientist astray because they don't have very much money and you don't have to provide them with very much money and you can get them doing what you want so it's a very easily kind of corruptible system mm. and um uh, lots of things have been yeah and and then we then we see all of the journals being been corrupted as well um so that the standards of reviewing are, are really low um and if you say the right thing you'll get things published and if you don't say the right thing you won't get it published so there are lots of these things which have gone on in the scientific world which um have led to uh the situation now i mean i was absolutely shocked because at the very beginning the covid uh march 2020 um i wrote to all of the people in my department uh, and said, this is nonsense. You know, this is uh, something which is only affecting older people and it, and it's not serious. And then I got um, replies and, and I gave people kind of places where they could go and I got a reply. Oh, it's a very dodgy site. You shouldn't look at that site. Um, and then a professor said, oh, no, no, the um, fatality rate is, of uh, COVID is 15%. Um, and um, that's a evolutionary biologist that was um and um uh i only got support from one person and a few phd students and then that that was it and uh i think i was criticized by lots of phd students for even um taking the stats that i did yeah and and yeah from my let's say my philosophical viewpoint like science is basically supposed to sit underneath that so or maybe maths in the middle as this sort of thing which is real yet abstract and but but if we look at this and science is not at all pointed towards truth anymore it's only to motivated by like money and incentives and i think a large amount of this is a pat on the back and awards and stuff like tenure um, absolutely that, yeah. that kind of security those kind of perks they're yeah. they're 
they're bribes. Uh, plain and simple, they are bribes. Is we'll give you this uh, a grant. The awarding of a grant is a bribe. Yeah, absolutely right. Because I've seen this process happen. It happened to a very close friend of mine throughout university, um, who went off to become a climate scientist for the EU. Mm. And you know, he has actually like done the science, whereas I've never learned anything about this. But I learned down the road. I'm like, hang on, they're using they're training children that the world isn't going to be here in 10 years as a method of like manipulation this is completely unethical so clearly your arguments don't work what the hell's going on here and and i realized it was just pats on the back that had been sustaining him the whole way through and he's got a job for life doing that now he i'm pretty sure he's in a position where he can't get fired because he said the right thing enough times and if there's one thing the like climate covid the, the i think the problem that we see with science as a whole is anything that is based on modeling rather than a thing that you produce i get, i guess true science would would have results and like it, you make a discovery or an invention out of it and all these things that are being used to psyop us and justify mass control I believe are based on models who are coming from like accredited scientists. But what's your perspective on that? Do you think it's all modeling? Yeah, I I completely, I completely distrust models. I mean, I've used simple models in, in the past, but all of the models that you're talking about here are usually, they're, they're they're very, they're very complex um, models. And all they're doing is they're creating um, uh, an alternative reality. Um, And it's the one which the scientists wants to be. Okay, so they, they 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 have a particular way in which they see the world, and therefore they create a model of the world like that, and it operates. And this is how this is how they think the world is, and they produce a model of it. And it's it's an alternative reality. It's not reality at all. Um, if they <clears throat> confront their model with real data, um, and it doesn't fit, then well, they 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 just go back and tweak their model. There's nothing wrong with the model. It's just that we've got the wrong parameters of values in here or something like that. But actually, the the fundamental way in which their model is working or the way in which they think the world operates is often uh, completely at variance with reality. So if you have a model which only has carbon dioxide or methane or whatever in, in a in a model about the climate of the world, and you ignore all of the other things which could possibly be um, interacting there, like a distance from the sun and the way in which Earth is tilted towards the sun or whatever, all the all these kind of things. If you ignore all, all of those things, then you can produce a model which you could try and fit to the data. But actually, none of those models do actually fit the data. Um, and all of these other parts of the complex system have been ignored. Uh, and, and it's just... If if they created a a system where if carbon dioxide was really important, well, this is what would, this would be what would happen. But that's not true. So uh, the model is completely useless uh, for making any sensible predictions about what's going on. Yeah, and what scares me about all of this is the sheer scale of it. The amount of universities um, and the amount of people the world over with masters degrees, PhDs in. Yeah. In a variety of sciences, which I guess could pretty easily be disproven or just thrown out the window. Um, 
that's yeah, well, the... I mean, on, on, in terms of climate, if you look at uh, the climate of the UK, uh, well, the world climate over the time since the last glaciation, um, uh, it's been four degrees higher and centigrade higher than it is now. Uh, we're at the very near the very lowest temperature it's been over all that time of glaciation and during that time um we've had i work on trees most of the many of the trees that we have today were here when it was four degrees uh centigrade higher uh so um what's the problem um why are we worrying uh people are wanting to bring in trees from other countries further south in order to overcome the problem that we're going to face if the temperature goes up. Well, actually, we shouldn't be worrying about it. We've no. been there before. Why? What, what's the problem? No, and the strange thing is that um, I'm sure nobody likes pollution and nobody like. I mean, nobody likes HS2. No one likes the fact that HS2 is being built down here. Um, and nobody likes like the natural landscape being carved up. And all of these things that actually, like... <laughs> I think broadly, most people support a green planet and a green. Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, yeah. All of this kind of stuff. It's just that uh, I guess they plonk climate change on the top or carbon and go, yeah, it's carbon's fault. And it's like, is it? Well, carbon's it, it's, fault? Yeah. Like it's maybe, maybe, maybe you shouldn't litter, or <laughs> maybe you should put put a little bit of effort into like cleaning up your town or something. Maybe it doesn't work like this. But I do think. I think where we are right now, I think climate change is nowhere near as convincing as maybe it was, let's say, 10, 15 years ago. Now it kind of looks farcical because they're just sort of lying in the road having a tantrum. And we've they can't claim like, oh, we're doing it to raise awareness anymore. Like We're all aware of what your argument is. And the public has basically decided now nah, we're not up for this. We're, <laughs> we don't we don't like you guys. Um the same thing is that we're in Pride Month now. So the same thing is happening now where, like, I genuinely think they've hit the point where there are transsexuals who will find this distasteful because they got rid of normal gay people and normal lesbians long ago. They're actually in stark opposition to all of this. I think you've got people that have full-on changed sex now that think this has gone too far. So... The level of extremity that you're expected mm. to put it to to maintain one of these agendas is is so off-putting, and that gives me a lot of hope. We we were we weren't able to um, host Alex and John, uh, the vaccine injured, but later on, um, then we had another. Uh, we had we had another meeting uh, planned, uh, which was on a different thing, and. The meeting that we had planned was called uh, Censoring Debate, and it was by uh, two ladies, uh, two par um, parents, who wanted to hold a public meeting in Edinburgh. And the subject of the public meeting was about uh, the sex education, specifically the uh, gender ident identity um, uh, agenda that was being taught in schools. And they wanted to have a discussion with other parents about that. Uh, and uh, the Quakers were worried about this meeting as well. Um, uh, and <clears throat> so they asked whether they could come along to our meeting. Well, they first of all asked what it was more about. And I told them they were concerned parents and that they 
wanted to be able to discuss this matter uh, with um, uh, other parents and to describe actually what had happened to them. What had happened to them is that they couldn't get a meeting place for five months because uh, either the, the people cancelled or, <clears throat> or uh, and ultimately when they did have the meeting, then they had hordes of people outside protesting and actually they had a couple of men inside the meeting room who were masked and had to be ejected from the meeting room. So there was a very uh, difficult <clears throat> agenda uh, uh, which they had to overcome in order to um, hold this meeting. Anyway, the, the Quakers agreed that we could hold this meeting, uh, but they wanted to come along and hear what was going on. And when they did, um uh we had a question and answer session and one of the people um suggested that the trans agenda was actually vicious and at this point one of the representatives of the quakers stalked out and uh, uh then they subsequently said you can have no more meetings in the quaker meeting hall because you haven't um upheld our um uh, what the Quakers say about, you know, he must be kind to trans people. Um, and you they believe trans women are women. You you weren't kind. No, well, no, we weren't, we weren't, we weren't, we, we weren't kind. And, and the word vicious was what they um, uh, were particularly objected to. And actually, we've been through a transcript of the um, meeting. We've got a, a recording of it. And immediately the person said vicious. Uh, one of the speakers immediately said, um, I want to hold, uh, stop you there. Um, we're not talking about uh, anything to do with trans people at all. It's the agenda that we're talking about. And we must make a clear distinction between those two things. And it's the agenda which is, is vicious. And, and, and nothing that has no, nothing to do with people who are, who are trans people. I, I think the problem with that is that the impulse that these people go off to cancel is that they're looking for you to trip up and they're looking. Yeah, for that's right. Well, so, yeah. so it doesn't matter what caveats you give and what defense you get. They just need one scrap of evidence that you're an anti-Semite or a transphobe or any of these or a climate denier, any of these things. Yeah. And I think that's what gives them a thrill or something. I think it really does. I think they enjoy the power of um, yeah. preventing someone else from getting to do what they want to do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so we, we can't go back to the Quaker meeting house. Um, all our meetings were cancelled. Uh, our, our bookings were cancelled. And um, uh, so that's the, that's the story as it is at the moment. So we're looking around for new venues. I'm, I'm weirdly not even surprised that it happened as a result of the trans issue, because <laughs> it does seem to the, the vaccine issue is the most censored. That's the one where there's a terrifying silence. And I just wish everyone was doing more on that issue. The trans one is the one that invites the it invites genuine violence and stuff that it, it doesn't even make sense to see. I've been going to Hyde Park to Posey Parker's events quite a lot now because these are some mums basically gathering and telling the truth. And then there's these lads who are about 10 years younger than me showing up wearing masks and shouting 
I I think there is great benefit to people that are passionate about, let's say, the vaccine thing. Be a good ambassador for that cause around and help out the people that are involved in this gender nonsense. Go and support the ladies that are doing these events and stuff. Yeah. Um, because it does seem to be the battleground right now. And I don't know, you've got you've got to do what you can to um to build these kind of bridges with other other groups. Yeah, that's right. There um yeah, I think that yeah, the important thing is that people often come from to realize what's happening from one particular viewpoint. Uh and we need to kind of bring them together with other people who come from a different viewpoint but um are also uh, seeing changes which they don't like mm. and educate them about that uh, to give people a you know rounded view of what's going on uh, and then it's only when you integrate all of these things together that you can really understand what the forces are which are driving all of this yeah mm-hmm. well necessity is the mother of invention and the fact that you don't have a home venue anymore means that you need one and it means that when you do find one it might actually be really interesting because they might be fully supportive and i think that 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 will really crack this whole thing open when we can host events and meetings and this kind of stuff in places where we know for a fact we're not going to get kicked out of absolutely no no that's a very that's a very good point um and indeed uh in some in some senses um it would be best if we could own those places um uh, and a, the reason is that if you're in a place owned by somebody else, then they have power over you and they have power over to, to, to do, you know, to to silence you. And uh, we need to get out into a system where we're not beholden to anybody and we can speak the truth um, without, uh, you know, anybody intervening. But I think that's I mean, I think that's the essential thing in the future. Yeah, I mean, it's slow progress, but I've got tremendous faith because I just think back to two or three years ago and how dark the world felt and how good it feels right now compared to then. So, so yeah, yeah, I'm very hopeful. It's it's been great to chat to you today. And I hope the next time that we do that um, that you haven't had some kind of issue like this to deal with and everything's going plain sailing. Okay, thank you very much indeed.